Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today on the show, I have my colleague, Mike Lamuto. He is our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager. Prior to his role here at NCIA, he volunteered for two years in leadership of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. In his current role, he's tasked with building sustainable DEI at NCIA, supporting our social equity members, and implementing initiatives to foster greater DEI nationwide. Previously, Mike co-founded Dow Mastery, a business development program designed to help canapreneurs thrive and grow generational wealth. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thank you, Bethany. Thanks for having me on here. And it's uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely, yeah. Good to have you on the show today. So, uh, for our listeners who haven't met you yet, haven't gotten to know you yet, let's hear a bit more about your background and some of your experiences prior to where you got where you're at right now. Yeah, sure. So, uh, the one of the things I usually start out with is uh, that I've been in the cannabis industry for over a couple decades now. It's pretty much been what I know. Um, I'm from San Francisco originally, uh, and and that's really uh, you know I grew up in the industry out there. Um, I also am a, a lot of people don't necessarily know this about me, but I'm actually a trained acupuncturist and herbalist. So I bring a lot of that kind of understanding of plant medicine and natural medicine into uh, my you know my cannabis experience, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I I also um, share that with you. I I have a bit of a background in. Uh, herbal medicine studies, and um, of course, my spiritual practice includes fun stuff like crystals and astrology, but it really does um, tail dove with the cannabis industry when we're looking at the natural healing world as well. Um, So acupuncture and herbalism and cannabis, um, I think, are natural um, mates when it comes to the, the world of wellness and healing, would you agree? A hundred percent. And for thousands of years before prohibition, they, they were uh, dovetailed together really nicely. Um, you know, Chinese medicine has uh, cannabis in the uh, compendiums going back thousands of years, even I believe. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a whole nother episode, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so um, you mentioned, you know, it's kind of always been a part of your life um, in the Bay Area. There's a rich history of cannabis in that part of the country. Um, as far as really deciding to make this part of your career path, do you have a, a reason or, or how, how did that really happen where you're, you know, it wasn't a what if? Or maybe it was a, okay, I'm in, I'm in the cannabis industry now. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know that I ever wasn't in the cannabis industry. I guess it's, you know, it's that term, right? So if we're talking about the cannabis industry, like the regulated industry, then I think that, you know, it was, I was uh, working with my business partner, Vernon Speller on a natural medicine project. And we just, we just kind of looked at each other like, Hey, you know what? Like we need to integrate or reintegrate cannabis uh, into what we're doing with natural medicine and that was about uh, about 10 years ago by now and that's when i really made the decision to transition into the regulated space 100 percent um and and just really go full throttle on that and you know for me the 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 thing has always been about 
creating generational wealth, uh, which is, you know, wealth, people have all different definitions of it. For me, I define it as really being able to, you know, take care of yourself, your family, your community, regardless of what circumstances may arise. And I believe that cannabis and natural wellness offer that kind of uh, really a new paradigm in the creation of, of generational wealth. And so that's really why I'm, I'm just here. And that's what it is, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, actually, and on the topic of generational wealth, um, I wish I had some of that too. So totally understand. But I think generational wealth, when we think of that, um, it, it kind of ties into the other part of your role of diversity, equity, and inclusion of creating the kind of playing field where anybody of any background um, can enter the, maybe this industry and build a you know, create a business for themselves, create um, wealth for themselves, um, as opposed to the families that have, you know, legacy, like, uh, I don't even mean legacy cannabis, I mean, just really wealthy families <laughs> with lots of money, right, in a, in a bank in Sweden somewhere. But really, for the regular folks, like, like, like myself, or, or others in our industry really be able to build that wealth, that really does tie into uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion side of your role, I think. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, 100%. Um, to me, you know, DEI in the industry isn't about, you know, for lack of a better term here, you know, window dressing, right? A lot of times DEI in our, in our country really um, and especially in our industry uh, is, you know, it's about being able to pat each other on the back. And at the end of the day, for me, um, it's really about exactly doing exactly what we're talking about here is creating these processes, these systems, these structures to create generational wealth uh, in the industry. And, you know, often what this really means in, in, in our industry is the folks that are getting, you know, I don't know whether you want to say left out or there's barriers or there's blockades. Are, are folks that are, you know, diverse uh, in many different ways. And so, you know, bringing the diversity lens and the equity lens is really a really important part of that DEI. We kind of just use this phrase DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, and we don't really talk about the different components, uh, but really that equity component in the middle there, that's equity is about creating, you know, wealth, creating something that you can hold on to and pass on to generations and, and not have to worry about it being taken away, so to speak. And so, yeah, DEI in, in this role and this industry to me is about creating pathways for generational wealth, not just a little bit extra cash or a payout because you may be qualified for social equity and somebody pays you for that license and so on and so forth, but something that you can really carry on and pass on for generations. Yeah, that's great. And that's so important as well. So um, more about your role here at NCIA as our DEI manager, um, you, you're, you're, overseeing our social equity scholarship program and our DEI sponsorship program. And that includes a lot of fun activities like uh, workshops now that we have trade shows uh, back <laughs> in-person events. Woo! Um, let's talk more about what your role is here at NCIA and the various components that you're working on. Yeah, I appreciate the question. Um, and like a lot of folks at NCIA, you know, I wear a lot of hats. It's uh, one role really is about four or five. Um, and, you know, with the DEI side of things, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things we have to kind of juggle. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, we do, um, you know, I, I run the social equity scholarship program. 
where we do uh, we bring in um, social equity members uh, in the first year uh, of membership. They they get a complimentary membership and also a lot of extra benefits. And so one of the things we've been working on over the last uh, really it's really been a three year process. But I started officially at the organization last year on 420. Um, and what we really focus on is how do we make sure that the folks that we're providing these complimentary memberships to are able to actually get a lot of value out of those memberships. And it's not just, again, like some window dressing. So that includes things like the workshops at the conferences. It includes things like I run a weekly call uh, for the social equity applicants to plug into. And some folks plug in every single week. We call it the power hour now uh, because there's a lot of really uh, great nuggets and gems and value that people get from being able to be in that call, working with each other, collaborating with each other. We bring a lot of um, you know, so-called subject matter experts in to, uh, to discuss um, you know, basically do ask me anything calls, things of that nature. Uh, so that's definitely part of it. Another part of it is really like looking to ensure EI at the organization. And that includes making sure our panels, our committees, um, our, you know, our board uh, has the proper diversity within them and is inclusive in nature. And, and there's a lot of other pieces of collaborating with other organizations that are doing similar work, uh, you know, finding partners to join the program, so on and so forth. So I'll, I'll cut it off there. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we work with a couple of our allied associations as well. Um, I know we've had a, a long relationship with the MCBA, the Minority Cannabis Business Association as well. So, I mean, it, it it's, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, again, the conferences, I think, be, having in-person events, is a huge component, but sounds like the phone calls, the weekly phone calls are um, really a helpful touch point for, for those in the program as well. All right, let's, um, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and chat more with Mike Lamuto about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the cannabis industry and here at NCIA. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm chatting with Mike Lamuto, who's NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager. So um, let's talk more about your work here at NCIA. Um, I know we touched on it in the first segment. Um, but you're working with DEI scholarship recipients um, and finding DEI program sponsors to support all that programming. So at this point, we've offered over 200 membership scholarships to equity license holders or equity license applicants um, across the country. So I'd really like to talk a bit more about those individuals and their companies, which, which you and I have been featuring recently in Equity Member Spotlight blogs on our website as well. And, and this year we're doing even two per month um, so that we can showcase even more of these folks. Um, yeah, let's talk more about those people. Yeah, so uh, what I'll say is first off, thank you, Bethany, for all your support and making that happen. Uh, when we started doing that last year, we didn't know how it would go. And the benefit to the members has been really extraordinary. Uh, I've gotten just a lot of great feedback uh, from everybody that's been featured in there. And so thank you also very much for stepping up this year and saying, okay, let's do two a month. So um, what I'll say is, you know, our members really range, uh, range the gamut. You know, there are some, some members and you'll see this in the spotlights who are just 
getting started in the in, in the industry really um and they've been at it for maybe uh you know and when i say just getting started i mean you know in this industry especially when you are uh, working on the social equity side of things that could be one to three years uh, because it can take so long to get licensed so there's a lot of our members that are still in that process they've applied their you know working on their business plans they have their business plans they got their brand that they're pushing out there maybe they're doing cbd right now i think there's a couple members that we spotlighted recently that are running with cbd products while they're still trying to figure out how to get that actual license um because when you're you know a little bit less resourced uh, it's, it's it can be challenging to get that license even if you are pretty well resourced it can be challenging to get a license but especially when you're a little less resourced it can be really Challenge. And when I say less resource, I'm talking really specifically here financially, because uh, a lot of these uh, social equity applicants and members, they're, they're actually very resourceful. Um, and that's, I think, part of what, where the frustration comes in, right? And, you know, we have a member, uh, Anthony Jenkins, uh, comes to mind, who uh, spent, I think, six, I want to say seven years to get his license. Uh, another very resourceful uh, individual who, who went through, you know, one navigation after another, one pivot after another, um, and, you know, is now, he now has a product uh, that's out there. Uh, on shelves. And, you know, so, you know, he's in San Francisco, San Francisco is a little further along, but basically we have members that go from that range, you know, Tucky from Blunts and Moore uh, has a dispensary in, in Oakland. Um, and then there's members that are in Illinois that are still waiting on the whole lottery process to basically come through or members in Detroit mm -hmm. that are, you know, just still kind of navigating that whole situation and the lawsuits that uh, came in with, uh, or I don't know if they're lawsuits or injunctions, or whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that's not my <laughs> my area of expertise. Um, but yeah, you know, we have members uh, all over the country. Um, you know, in Denver, we have a few members in Denver that are really making some waves uh, in Denver. You know, Michael Diaz Rivera, we spotlighted recently, and he's been really uh, working to organize a lot of the social equity operators and applicants in that area. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, we have, as you mentioned, there's there's about uh, 200 plus, there's 250 people that we have on companies that we've onboarded and, you know, we have a lot of them are active, are pretty active in the community that we've been building. Um, so it's hard for me to just say, oh yeah, like, you know, let's talk about this one or that one because, um, you know, there's just so many great, great, great individuals. But if you have any specific questions for me on that, uh, I, I would definitely love to go further, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> I, I just, yeah, it's, it's great to see the faces and names of, of these individuals and their companies and <clears throat> hear a bit about their journey to, to get to where they're at as well. Um, and I do see a recurring theme that access to capital is one of the biggest challenges um, for these equity applicants and license holders. Um, so, and, and I also mentioned earlier that uh, we brought back our in-person trade shows. So. This means that at both our Midwest Cannabis Business Conference that we held in Detroit last September, and then the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in San Francisco, we squeezed that one into December <laughs> last year. Um, another thing that happened was we hosted day-long social equity workshops. Um, so let's talk about those workshops and what what the participants are experiencing during them. Yeah, so um, both workshops were really successful in my opinion. Uh, you know, we had a lot of great feedback from everybody that attended um, and that, that's how I go based on, you know, whether it was successful or not, right? Um, the, uh, they were actually very different in nature because uh, the, the markets are very different in nature and we also had different planning involved and so on and so forth. Um, the, uh, the Detroit uh, workshop was, we, we brought in a lot of, um, 
a lot of, uh, you know, really our, our, some of our top supporters, uh, you know, the March Networks, the People's Ecosystem, including Spoke Cannabis, um, you know, they, they, each of them has, uh, you know, a founder or representative, you know, Christine Della Rosa, Kevin Green, um, you know, Chris Jensen, that has been very involved in our program. And so they actually led uh, what we call the expert roundtables, where, you know, the, uh, the, the, the attendees were able to ask them pretty much any question. And they, they ranged the gamut from, uh, you know, we had a table that was focused on fundraising. Uh, we had a table that was focused on what do you do while you're waiting, right, for your license? How do you stay in the industry? How do you build your brand anyway, you know? Um, so, you know, really ran the game. We had another roundtable with Mr. McCauley talking about kind of how to leverage real estate, even when you don't necessarily have a lot of resources to begin with. How do you leverage real estate in as a, as a social equity applicant? Um, and then we also had uh, you know, Khadija Adams, who runs our Cannabis Minority Report uh, podcast, um, gave a, an amazing motivational talk uh, that just, you know, really, I, I heard a lot of great feedback, shifted a lot of people's perspectives. We had some of uh, the Detroit uh, off, cannabis, office cannabis you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Folks came in and didn't ask me anything panel. So Detroit was really um, a lot more structured in that way. In San Francisco, we had a full day where there was a, we really used the space and the time to uh, talk about and dive deep into the, the mindset of the canopreneur and what it takes, especially the social equity canopreneur. And we also used a lot of that time and space to have a lot of conversation amongst each other. A lot of conversations that maybe we don't always get to have because we don't always have the, the time or the space or the bandwidth uh, to do it uh, where we're all, you know, not all, but, you know, where there's that many folks in the same room. Um, and then we also did bring in some some folks like uh, Mark Slaw and Christina Rosa came in and, and did talk, uh, do some, some more uh, conversation uh, from the perspective of how can NCI help uh, more with what we're doing. How can we more be more impactful uh, for what is needed in in the community? So, um, so that was that workshop. And the other thing I'll mention also is that we did uh, one thing that was really awesome at at CBS at the conference was the Bloom Experience, which was a brand pavilion uh, where operators were able to you know display, display their brands, display their products out on the floor in San Francisco. And um, we we uh, we worked with uh, the People's Ecosystem and and you know in the organization to really make sure that it was a great experience for our social equity members who really killed it. I mean, they really showed up and, and, and did an amazing job of displaying their brands and, and their companies. And, and it was just a great experience. And so one of the things we also did in the workshop was really set the stage for the folks that were doing that to be able to go in and, you know, really uh, conduct you know, business on the floor in a great manner. So 
uh, you know, it was just it was just a great experience, and I'm really looking forward to to really expanding the Bloom experience uh, in uh, in San Francisco this July. So I know that was a huge a huge value add for for our members. Yeah, the Bloom the Bloom experience um, that is that new part of our trade shows. Um, it's it's fortunate that the city of San Francisco and the Moscone Convention Center is we're at the point where we can have real cannabis product on the show floor. We can't smoke it, we can't consume it, um, and we can't sell it, um, but business connections <clears throat> can be made. Um, you can you know, look at the packaging, you can smell the product, you can take a look at it. Um, so I think that was a really great opportunity, um, not only for, for those who have those products and, and, you know, maybe don't get an opportunity to showcase their wares outside of a dispensary, but also for participants um, to have something new and exciting to do. Um, so I, I am definitely looking forward to doing the Bloom Brands Experience section of our, of our expo floor again in July at our eighth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Um, and I'm sure we're planning another social equity workshop of some kind. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. So let's take our second commercial break here and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show and talk a bit more about our DEI sponsors. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm chatting with my colleague, Mike Lamuto, who's our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager. And um, before the commercial break, I you, you did mention Khadija Adams, and I just want to um, prop her up a little bit. Um, she also has been involved in our Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee for years, and she took on the hosting of our NCIA's second podcast. Um, so this is our primary podcast that we've been running for over five years. Um, but we launched the Cannabis Minority Report in the last couple of years. And Khadija has taken on hosting that show for us as well. And she just does a fantastic job. And it's yet another opportunity 
um, to speak with black and brown voices in the cannabis industry and Hispanic voices and Native American voices and Asian voices. Um, so she really is putting a focus on, on the diversity in our industry as well. So I think it's a great value uh, to the industry to, to be able to hear from those voices. And um, she also streams uh, live on Facebook, I think on Mondays or Tuesdays from NCIA's Facebook page. So um, you get to see the faces with the names as well with the voices. So I, I, I really enjoy um, that we're able to offer that as well um, for listeners and as well as for uh, those in the industry to really, really have an opportunity to, to share that as well. So um, I also want to talk about the sponsorship program because, um, you know, all this programming um, needs to be supported as well. So we have been fortunate to have a few sponsors, um, Forefront Ventures, the People's Ecosystem you mentioned earlier, and Kronos Group, um, Nice Guys Delivery. Some great companies have stepped up to become DEI sponsors as well. Um, and our Evergreen membership actually um, contributes toward that as well. So yeah, from your perspective, Mike, um, DEI sponsorship, what, what does that look like as we're going into 2022? And, and why should companies uh, reach out to you about becoming a sponsor? Yeah, no, I appreciate that question. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's actually a multi-pronged question here, right? So on the one side, of course, from my own personal, uh, you know, uh, side of things, I'm like, look, like I'm a one, one person department. I have a lot of great support from a lot of my awesome colleagues at NCAA. But, you know, the DEI initiatives that we have are, are many and really robust. And so the more support that we can have, the more resources that we can have access to, it really helps us uh, do a lot, right? Um, I think we've built a great program that is, we know is delivering a lot of impact because we hear directly from our members that say, yes, like this is helping us in this way specifically. It's opening up doors for us that we didn't have open before. It's allowing us to connect and network with folks that we maybe wouldn't have seen or known before. Um, and, you know, there's just, you know, the education, a lot of different pieces. And so we know it's making a great impact. Right. Um, but in order to do that, of course, like anything else, it takes resources. So, you know, I appreciate all the, the, the sponsors that stepped up at the beginning. Uh, you know, most of them uh, were honestly before my time. Um, but, uh, you know, what we've done over the last uh, several months is really, to be quite honest, we, we, we've, neg- I don't want to say neglected uh, sponsorship campaigning. Uh, what I want to say is we've really been really intentional with making sure that we build the program in a way that does not become another one of these window dressing virtue signaling types of things. And as a result, we've really put that energy into building the program rather than funding the program. And so now we're at a point where, you know, look, uh, rubber's in the road, we need to figure this out. And, you know, the people's ecosystem system stepped up, March Network stepped up, both of them recently, um, you know, in different ways, people's ecosystem went full on and said, hey, we want to become an every member, we want to sponsor this program. Um, you know, but we need more support to be quite frank, uh, if we're really going to keep doing this the right way and building it the right way, um, that, and be able to reach more people that we know we can reach. So, you know, uh, what we've done is really created, um, you know, I, I come from a business development perspective, right? I'm an entrepreneur myself. And so I understand that sponsorship, you know, can't just be about heartstrings and, Hey, I believe in something, although that's awesome. And sometimes it lines up and it works out. We also need to make sure that it works in a way 
for the businesses to be able to, um, you know, like see business value out of it, so to speak. And because right. of that, that's why we've been really kind of protected and guarded with how we're doing this, because we don't want, com- we didn't want to create a sponsorship program where people come in and just, you know, it's just about the business value and it isn't about being aligned in the vision and the values. So it's really about the intersectionality of the vision, the values, and, you know, the value to the business. Um, so anyway, that's my long winded way of saying that we've created a lot of different customized ways that we can do sponsorships and partnerships. And my main thing is reach out, let's have a conversation, let's see how we can make this fit. If we're not the right fit, then we're not the right fit. But if we are, we know that we can really build a great industry together and see a lot more diversity, equity, inclusion in it and you know, utilize the, the, the amazing platforms that we've built here at NCIA over the last 11 years now. Mm-hmm. So if a company um, is interested, um, they can reach out to you and you can customize some benefits for them as long as their intention is aligned with wanting to support DEI initiatives, you, you can find a way to give value to that company in exchange for their for their financial support for the program, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Aside from the intrinsic value of supporting DEI in the industry, we can also work with that, that company to tailor it and figure out, okay, how can we do this in a way that's you know ethical and, and can keep the value and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So um, yes, if you're an NCIA member or a company that's not yet an NCIA member and you would like to step up and support diversity, equity, and inclusion, specifically our program at the National Cannabis Industry Association. I encourage you to explore more on our website and reach out to Mike Lamudo, and he will be happy to have a conversation with you and hopefully mutually beneficial for all involved as well. And I'm really looking forward to uh, just keeping things rolling at our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo this July, July 20th, 21st, and 22nd in San Francisco. Uh, And you can learn more at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. In fact, we are accepting applications for educational speakers. Um, That includes panel sessions and workshops and lightning lessons through February 25th. Um, So if you're listening to this and you catch it before February 25th, be sure to submit your speaker application as well. And we've run out of time, but thank you so much, Mike, for jumping on the podcast with me today and talking about our DEI program and scholarship recipients. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you in person again, hopefully in July. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bethany. We really appreciate you and everything you're doing at the organization to help us get all this diversity, equity, inclusion really integrated at the organization. Thank you. We're, we're doing it together. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.